Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 411. I would say that not everyone has the circumstances to, to do what they love to do, but if possible, if if you do, then get started today. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Do you know the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and interior, is with a car cover? I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. 2015 marks Covercraft's 50th anniversary. They've manufactured premium quality exterior and interior covers here in the United States with a reputation for durability and design. They're the world's largest manufacturer of custom patterned vehicle covers that are crafted to fit with over 80,000 patterns and growing. You can choose from dozens of fabric options and accessories, all designed and carefully sewn for your special vehicle. Made in the USA, Covercraft is the right choice. I've protected my special rides with their covers for over 40 years, and you should too. Learn more today at Covercraft.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's special guest, Carlos Salaf. Carlos, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Ready to rip, Mark. All right. Great to have you here. Carlos Salaf is founder and creative director of Salaf, where they design and make high-performance hand-built cars. Working at Mazda Design Americas from 2003 to 2012, he was instrumental in the creation of several concepts and production vehicles. His works have been recognized by the Louis Vuitton Classic, LA Design Challenge, and the Grand Prix Du Design Awards. Carlos, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment and share a little bit more about your career and, of course, your love and your passion for automobiles? Sure. Well, thanks for the intro, Mark, and thanks for having me on the show. I love the show. I'm a listener as well, and and, uh, it's always inspiring. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. Thank you so much. And yeah, my my background, um, I really come from an artistic family. My dad's a violinist. My cousin's a metal sculptor. My aunt. She was a textile designer, so I always had art around me. Wow. But and not really car culture per se. Growing up in Rochester, New York, there, it just wasn't really around the way it would be, say, in, in California. But my grandpa, I forgot to mention, my grandfather also um, was an engineer. And I think I got that, that hybrid of art and engineering in me. And I just became obsessed with any kind of vehicle. Airplanes were really my first love. We traveled a lot. And I think that... Uh, just being seeing those machines, the beauty of the aircrafts and the function, how they worked and everything, just pulled me into that. I mean, of course, kind of at a distance, I admired the you know growing up in the eighties, the the exotic cars like the Countach and the Testarossa, the ones every kid in America had on their you know posters yep. the, on their bedroom walls. But I was one of those kids and kind of admired that from afar. But it sort of all rolled into this passion gradually. I played around a lot with model, you know, RC planes and, and model rockets and radio controlled cars. And so that's about as, I think, as close as I got to tinkering on cars, you know, growing up. Then I think around, it was really after high school when I, I found out about industrial design. You know, even the counselors at, school, at my school didn't know about it. 
I always wondered, what am I going to do? I, I don't really want to do fine art. I don't really, I'm not too interested in, in just engineering with a T square. But then uh, a friend told me about industrial design, and and uh, I realized, oh, that's that's a field that that's very interesting to me. It kind of blends my passions together. Um, and I ended up going to uh, the Art Institute of Pittsburgh. They had a, kind of a generalist industrial design course there. And in there, they, they had a car design course. And there was a former uh, art center uh, a grad there who uh, taught the class. And I just sort of fell in love with what he was talking about. And I, and I realized there's so much room for, for artistry in car design. That led me to the, the art center in Pasadena, which, you know, once I, I saw the gallery there, when I visited, I just I just fell in love and enrolled and was blessed to get into that school and uh, had an amazing time there, which led me to uh, the Mazda studio in Southern California. So then, at, you know, Mazda was an incredible experience. Uh, it was a, a huge learning curve for me. But after about, I'd say after about eight years or so, I started thinking about doing something independent, something much more low volume where I could bring in handcrafted artistry and I've always admired uh, the cars of the 60s to 80s era the racing cars in particular that time they were so raw so visceral and all those ideas just started kind of swirling around and I thought is there a way that I can kind of curate those values and marry it to my penchant for for advanced design is there a way the two could come together and that's really where that idea for Salaf came from so that's what got me here. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's really a great story. And boy, the genetic lineage, the gene pool that you got to pull from, I know you didn't have a choice, but the fact that that all gets dumped down into your skull and then you get to bring all those, I mean, you got a family members that were just so creative doing so many different things. And, and the fact that now you're designing your own cars, building cars is really, really cool. It's got to be every car person's dream, a concept of Oh, I could design and build my own car. We're going to learn a little bit more about that as we move through our talk here. But first, I always like to start by asking my guests for a success quote. This is something that's been instrumental in forming your life and success. And it's a really great way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars. Yeah. So, Carlos, take the wheel. Thanks, Mark. I have this this uh, very convenient little – on my desk, I'm going to show you here, but on my desk I have this <laughs> – this quote, yeah. uh, my wife gave me a pencil box, and on the pencil box, it says, what would you attempt if you knew you could not fail? Mm. And uh, I've had that there pretty much since I started uh, working on this project. I think I live with that mindset daily. I can't think about the possibility of failure, and I'd rather try than not try at all. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like that really, that quote really has um, continually opened up my creativity and reminded me not to worry about they know the outcome so much, you know, just stick to the passion and, and the creativity and see where it leads. <laughs> you are very lucky to have uh, that wife of yours because I sure am. that is an awesome, awesome concept to go through life every day. What would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? Oh, my gosh. I mean, think about that, listeners. If you could live every day with that in your skull, what could you achieve? Uh, I'm going to get myself one of those as well. I love that quote. It's one of my favorites. Would you share a story with me that instigated your passion for cars? You talked about not really growing up in a car family, but but loving cars and, and those posters, of course, that we all had on our walls back then. But is there a pivotal moment in your life when you realized, oh, my gosh, I'm a car guy? Yeah, Mark, it really was a gradual thing for me. But when I think back on my journey, there are a few experiences that really stick out. And one that I love 
is it was in the 80s. My family was visiting some friends for Thanksgiving. And I don't know, I must have been fifth in, a, in the fifth grade or something. And, um, you know, in the 80s, cars were, in my opinion, a bit un- – I didn't think about them really. They were very boxy and very utilitarian and they didn't pull my emotion, um, emotional heartstrings so much. But I had this experience on Thanksgiving, my brother and I, our family friend – had a 930 turbo. It was uh, bright blue. Had a huge whale tail on it, and uh, to me, it looked like a spaceship. <laughs> and uh, I remember after dinner, he mentioned during dinner a couple times, "Hey, later we're gonna take the toy out." And he had this twinkle in his eye. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. And sure enough, after dinner, he said, after the you know pumpkin pie, he said, "All right, you know, guys, you ready to take the toy out for a spin?" And we said, "Sure." And from the moment he's, he we we got out on a little back road, you know, and you know, no street lights or anything, but out on this little back road and he floored it. And my brother and I just started giggling uncontrollably. Yeah. You know, and I just remember the sound, that beautiful sound and just the solidity of the chassis, you know, cause I was, I was just kind of used to, you know, spongy family sedans that feel more like a, a sofa on roller skates or something, you know, <laughs> they just make you go to sleep. Yeah. But this was something else. This was a car. This was a spaceship, you know? So that passion for cars has snuck up on me, but that's one that really is ingrained. You were bit by the turbo. Well, I have an 87 turbo. Uh, awesome. I, I wanted a turbo my whole life. I'm, all my listeners know I'm a 911 guy. And so uh, next time you come up to the Pacific Northwest, uh, we'll have some pumpkin pie and we'll take the toy out. <laughs> and I'll let you drive it and uh, see what you think. But uh, I love that. yeah, yeah, they're, they're pretty special cars. And uh, that's why I'm sitting here with a big grin on my face going, yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. So, Carlos, what I'd love to do now is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and crawl into the hood and ask you to share a huge challenge or, or even a great failure that you've faced along the way in your career. But the really important part of this is what did you learn from it? How did you overcome that situation? Yeah, well, this one's, uh, I, I guess, more in the great failure checkbox. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I was about eight years old. And as I mentioned a little earlier, I was I was into these model rockets, you know, the solid rocket fuel kind. Oh, yeah. It really just obsessed ever since I saw them launch the sound and the speed and everything. Yeah. And I got a kit around the time I was eight years old after begging for a long time. And the, the first night I had it, I assembled the kit and even put the igniter in there and hooked everything up. And I don't know what my uh, thinking process was. Aside from this will be cool, but I set one off in my basement. I think it was actually oh, a cobbled no. <laughs> together version, like with a toilet paper roll and a little cone on the top and stuff. Oh my gosh. I just could not wait to try it out. Yeah. And I set one off in the basement and there was such thick smoke. Like, and I was surprised, you know, <laughs> yeah. like what do you think's going to happen, kid, you know, but super thick white smoke everywhere. Yeah. My parents. Uh, not really being technically minded, they called the fire department. Uh oh. And uh, so the fire trucks came. We walked out of the house. The whole neighborhood was outside. It was incredibly embarrassing. I remember asking my mom if the house was going to blow up. I was generally worried oh, about the house exploding. Yeah. And, you know, and that, aside from the kind of the humor of it, I learned at that point that even if I'm super passionate about something, Take the time to do it right. <laughs> yes. And channel that enthusiasm, you know, really get it right. Refine it. And if, if you rush into it, you could, you know, make a big mistake. So that was, I think, the lesson learned there. Oh, my gosh, yes. Well, yep. You know, there's a great uh, – I've had several other guests say, you know, if you're going to do it, do it one way and do it right. And, but, yeah, youthful exuberance 
a little bit of ignorance there combined with, uh, hey, what could happen? <laughs> right, right. Well, God bless my parents because it wasn't too long after that that they, you know, after stashing the kit. Yeah. To the advice of the firemen, they gave me back the kid and said, you know, do it right this time and yeah. be safe. So. Yeah, well, you know, the parents protecting you. I had one of those early, uh, well, before your time, I loved skateboarding as a kid growing up in Southern California. I had a roller derby skateboard, and I tr I tried to go down Linda Rosa, which was this deep hill next to our house, and I crashed and burned, and my mom said, you're not Fish skateboarding tanks. anymore. She took that <laughs> skateboard away and... Years later, I found it up in her closet. She didn't throw it away, and I still have it in my closet as a reminder of things tried when you're when you're young. So that's awesome. Did you get the wobbles? Oh, bad, big time! <laughs> I got the wobbles and the crash, and uh, yeah, I had uh, raspberry skin rash all down my back and shoulders and face. It was it was nasty. So yeah, Linda Rosa. That's <laughs> a dangerous street. Don't skateboard down Linda Rosa. Carlos, let's shift gears here and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share a story. I always call it an aha moment when those headlights come on and illuminate your way for this new direction that you had with your career, with your life. And tell us the steps that you took to turn that aha moment into a success. Well, I'm sort of in the midst of, of one at the moment with this current project. Uh, the car that I'm building, I, I call it Project Caden, and it's it's named after my son, Caden. It's sort of a dedication to him to go after his dreams but nice yeah yeah something personal but finding the inspiration for the, the the concepts for the car was a big aha moment for me i'm a super super visceral and tactile guy i mentioned that earlier and you know i've always been the star wars more than star trek kind of guy you know just all the the toggle switches and the gauges and just something about that material thing that you could touch and you know snap and the sound and so that was a big thing for me and i saw and the way that cars are are going right now and and becoming more and more digitized and we're heading towards a, autonomous cars and cars that sort of distance you from that tactile experience you know, not to mention the the materials that it's becoming more plastic. Plastic is becoming predominant over over different metals, and there's just something about something about riveted together metal and hand beaten body panels that that always fascinated me. There's a a soul in that I find. Oh yeah. And so I, when I realized that that that's happening, I think I said, "Aha! You know, that's that's a place where I can come in and fill a niche." to take the soul and the the values of vintage cars you know but marry it to to uh, a modern design aesthetic and um, a modern experience so I create a new experience so for people that only say oh, I only I, I only want a classic car you know they have that soul I'm, I'm offering an alternative and I think that 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 was a, a huge of illumination for me. Yeah, it's a really cool story. And, you know, somebody who comes to mind is a past guest, Christopher Runge, who's been yes. on my show. You know, Chris uh, I know of him. Chris is in this barn in the Midwest and he's hand pounding metal over this, you know, wooden tree stump a buck. And, uh, and I've had other builders on the show here too that are designing very modernistic cars and uh, aerial atom builders and things like that. So awesome. uh, is there a way for our listeners uh, when they go to their show, your show notes page on the Cars Yeah website to go to your website and see this? Is it in progress right now where they can see what you're doing or is it kind of a secret project? No, not at all. No, that's a huge that's a huge part of this for me is just sharing everything. And, um, you know, the, the car industry is so secretive. And if you really look around, a lot of people are kind of smoking the same thing so to speak you know and so 
I don't know. I don't find that there's any really big secrets, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're all, we're all evolving similar ideas. And awesome. so I felt like, why not just kind of crack it open rather than, you know, do this, the skunk works thing, which was kind of my knee jerk thought, but why not crack it open and let people follow the story yeah. and see the, the ups and the downs. And so I do have a blog and I'm, I'm chronicling that as best I can and Instagram page. And I can give you that now or, or later in the show. We'll, we'll put that, uh, we'll mention that later in the show and it'll also be on your show notes page with links to all those things. You know, I, another guest I had, Rob Ida, who built some amazing cars, uh, the car that he just took to SEMA. He had a, he had that up on his Facebook page, and we got to see the progress of this thing, everything from the raw metal to the final piece. And so it was really fantastic to follow. So we'll make sure our listeners have a way to find that and follow you and watch this Project Caden come along. I love it. It's great. Now, you've won a lot of awards throughout your career, but is there one in particular that stands out for you as a proudest moment? Well, I always think back to that first, that first experience, seeing a, a creation go from a sketch uh, on a piece of paper, a sketch among many others, you know, oh, yeah. but you kind of get the goosebumps when you do that one, seeing that goosebump sketch go from there to a car on the show stand. And that was the, the Nagare show car, uh, at the LA auto show. And I think that was around 2007. That was my first concept car. And that experience still, the thrill of that has stuck with me. Uh, and just I want to repeat that thrill of, you know, showing people something I'm really proud of and something I've been creating. And it's just such a wonderful feeling to be able to share something so personal and, and a, a self-expression like that. Yeah. Yeah. I've had a, a lot of designers on the show. One comes to mind, Michael Robinson, who talks about a similar experience. He designed an Alfa Romeo that was kind of a skin skeletal car. You probably know of that vehicle. It was the first prototype car to be on the lawn at Pebble Beach instead of mm-hmm. up in the circle there on the top of the by the lodge. and. Uh, yeah, I cannot imagine what it must be like to stand there at a big auto show like L.A. and have your design from that goose. I love the way you described that goosebump sketch. Uh, it was really great. What a wonderful moment. Congratulations for that. Thank you. Let's have a little bit of fun here. What was your first really special vehicle? And maybe you could share a memory you have with that car or maybe it's a bike. Yeah, well, exactly. I think, you know, many of your guests have had such wonderfully interesting cars, you know, and I, you know, when I think about this question, my... My primary transport up until Art Center was my skateboard. I was, <laughs> yeah, you know, similar to, to your story. I was super into skateboarding, actually. Cool. And just the speed of it, and learning different tricks, and never really got into to tinkering with cars in a garage when I was younger. Um, and then, you know, by the time I I started working at Mazda, I just started leasing every single car I could to to experience everything in the lineup and. So it's a, I suppose, maybe a bit of a cheat to the question, but but I can say that there were some some very special times with with some of those cars, and I think for me the RX-8 with its its quirks and its flaws, you know, that don't make it an RX-7. Yeah. Uh, with that, still there was something so cool about that that rotary engine, and just it would rev to nine thousand RPM, and you know, and you just rev it up to the red line and then shift, and that was super addictive for me. And uh, for my wedding day. A yellow RX-8 prototype you know, that no one really had seen in the flesh, and uh, I had that, you know, with the the, the suicide doors and everything. And no way! That was the car you got to drive away from the church. Yeah, in? that was my getaway car. And so oh my gosh! Place in my heart for sure, and I and I had one for a while, and you know, giving that away was pretty sad. You know, yeah, <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah. That was sad. I had to get something a little more practical starting a family but that was really yeah cool. yeah well that's very cool very very cool my mom had one of the first 
RX-7s when it came out and when she let me drive it. It was just a really fun car to drive, that that Wankel engine. I mean, so unique and different, trying to get my head around what's going on inside there. What You know, that spinning that spinning uh, Trident or whatever you call yeah, the nacho. There you the Dorito. The Dorito. <laughs> the Dorito. Yeah, I like that. I never thought about it that way. Now that's going to be stuck in my head. You know, that, that Dorito flying around inside. In fact, I just watched Jay Leno's Garage last night, and they had uh, a special uh, section. They have um, Donald Osborne, who's been a guest here on Cars, yeah, and he comes out and evaluates cars. And they had this old Japanese car there that was the, one of the first rotary engines ever. So, yeah, pretty darn cool. That yeah, was great. How about seller's remorse? I know, you, I know that one car was hard to give up, but is there one car in particular you really wish you had back in the garage? Yeah, I, mean, I think definitely the RX-8, um, the Miata. Um, I had a, you know, I got to enjoy a couple generations of that car. Oh, yeah. And, uh, when you know what one is, you realize it's not a hairdresser's car, you know, or the other <laughs> cliches. You realize it's truly an amazing little machine. And, oh, yeah. Um, the compactness of it, it's so light. You can really whip it around. And so that that was hard. And then I think I had a first-gen Mazda Speed 3 for a while. With a, it had a little turbocharged four-cylinder, but it was it had a lot of grunt, and it was also very cool-looking and practical at the same time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember um, my son Caden was uh, – he was just a newborn at the time, and uh, I remember that uh, every time I hit a red light, you know, I would just gun it, you know, on the green, and then every time I would hit a red, he would start crying. <laughs> he didn't you know, want to stop. I, he did not want to stop, and, and you know, I think he loved it as much as I did. And yeah, eventually we gave that up for a larger, you know, an SUV. But um, I really miss that car. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny when my daughter, who's now well, she's about to turn twenty-seven, Paige. When she was little, she'd uh, cry, and I'd put her in a car seat and put her in the back of my 911 and take yeah. her for a drive in the middle of the night. And it'd stop her from crying, and she'd fall asleep, and I'd carefully lift her out and put her back to bed. So, And then she'd wake up again? Yeah, and want to get back <laughs> in the 911. So, uh, yeah, so that's eh, the way it goes. But, the, yeah, there's something soothing about that. That's very cool. Now, you talked about Project Caden, and at this point of our talk, I always ask guests, what are you working on today that really has you excited and fired up? Is that your key project, or are there some other things you're doing as well? Yeah, that's really it. Uh, project Caden is really the main thing on my plate, but the the project is broken up into so many smaller projects. Um, you know, the chassis, the exterior bodywork, and then the interior. And right now, I'm really tackling the interior design work, and I'm super excited about it. It has a central driving position, like a McLaren F1 with a Delta formation. Oh, nice! Very um, exposed machinery, and you know, tailored leather areas. And I'm I'm gonna if you're really kind of highlighting the the guts that are usually always hidden, you know, um, okay. while at the same time making, making it a comfortable machine. So it's a, sort of that balance. I'm just really excited to get to get into that phase of it um, after having worked on the exterior for a while and just getting into the details. I just I just love creating details that reinforce the overall theme. Would you uh, agree several of the designers I've had on here on Cars Yeah have said interiors are the most difficult part of a vehicle? Would you agree with that? Is that a, a tough part of designing a car? Um, you know, I think I would agree in the sense that there are so many things to resolve. When you get into, when you open the doors of a car, there's so many closeouts and holes and, and things that are sort of, that need to be resolved, that are sort of left there from what you've done with the exterior. And hopefully you haven't designed yourself into too much of a corner when you get into the interior. Right. But um, in this, in, with this project, I've, designed everything at the same time really i i've 
blocked in the interior as I was designing the exterior, and I had the chassis. I blocked the chassis in as well as I did the other two, mm-hmm. and so I think that's helped me to not run into those those areas. But usually, when you're on a design team, you're you're doing one part, and then someone else is doing the, the other part, and so you really have to work on marrying the disciplines and working alongside each other. Yeah, the collaboration in a big company designing cars has got to be immense and, and challenging, and then dealing with, uh, I guess we call them the suits in the top of the office there, that they think they know what the what the, the car buyer really wants, and stifling yeah. creativity. So very interesting. Well, it must be nice to be the one guy doing everything, because you can work from the inside out, as you say, as you go along versus the other way around. So I love it. That's very cool. Okay, now here's a very inspirational question for you, Carlos. If you were a car, I love this question, especially for creative people like you, what kind of car would you be? And more importantly, why? I love this question too, and it's really, really tough. (laughs) But um, I think, you know, after some self-reflection, and this might be a bit of a glamorous version of myself, but I think for one thing, I love to move quickly. I love moving quickly through projects and not dilly-dallying too much. So definitely a racing car. And I'm very tenacious and I you know I, I like to really hang on. So I think something with a lot of downforce, okay. you know, yeah. um, and probably a bit nuts. I think I've, I've got a bit of nuttiness too that, that leads me to do these things. That's so good. Probably an open-wheeled car. Okay, well, let's let's maybe dig a little deeper here because as you say downforce, that's getting into like F1 cars, you know, in yeah. the late 70s, 80s, you know, the McLarens and Ferraris, they started to use downforce, the, even the yeah. Ferrari, uh, they started having those side skirts that would come down, kind of the cheater, right. those cheater skirts and things. So you had to lift later. If I pushed you a little harder here on a specific car mark or anything, is there any, any way you're leaning? I mean, I know your family heritage is Russian. But is it, you know, is it, I'm not trying to think if there's any F1 cars coming out of Russia, but it, I mean, Italian because of the design or, you know, McLaren or British or Honda or where would you no, go? There's one that definitely stands out, especially I think I'm a bit rebellious too and like to mess with the rule books. Uh-huh. So I think the Brabham, the BT46 oh, fan car. Oh, yeah. That car. Yeah, yeah. You know? Okay, okay. I should have thought of that. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. I love it. Well, that's why I like that question so much. Great answer. Carlos, up next is the last lap, but before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars yeah sponsor. Metrovac has been manufacturing and providing quality automotive vacuums and blowers since 1939. I've used their portable vacuum and blowers for over 15 years in my garage, on my cars, motorcycles, around my home, and you should too. Their Air Force Master Blaster Revolution is my go-to tool every time I wash and detail my vehicles. Powered by two twin-fan 4.0 peak horsepower motors, the Master Blaster delivers up to 58,000 feet per minute of clean, warm, dry, filtered air. Dry your car without a towel and avoid those nagging micro-scratches. Perfect for the wheels, engines, motorcycles, and all those frustrating water traps in trim, door jams, and seals. Check out all of Metrovac's quality products, deliberately made better in the USA. Metrovac is the right choice. Learn more today at metrovac.com. Use discount code carsya 20 and you'll get 20% off your first order. That's right, 20% off. Details at carsya.com slash sponsors. All right, Carlos, we're back and we're entering the last lap and I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So you ready? Sounds good. What is the best automotive advice you've ever received? 
here's another little story. Uh, while I was at Mazda, I was trying to figure out a uh, window graphic on a Win- hatchback. Now, when you say window graphic, what do you mean by that? I mean the, the perimeter of the glass, the side glass on this car design. And I was struggling with dealing with the volume there. You know, on a hatchback, usually you have a, a pillar or something uh, breaking up the side glass and then the rear hatch. And I was really struggling with that. And I remember I came up with this this funky – I was trying this funky stuff, trying to figure it out. And, and my boss, Franz von Holzhausen at the time, I remember he came up and he was like, why so complicated? And he just did something really simple. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember thinking, oh, that's so much better. And um, so I think the KISS method, keep it simple, stupid – would be um, the best automotive design advice anyway that I've that I've received and and the, since then I've really always tried to simplify and find the essence of thump, something and remove as much as possible to to find an answer rather than kind of add things to get around it. You know I love that I love Kiss and it also kind of a plays into uh, you know I was made in Japan <laughs> my parents were there when I was made so uh, oh, wow. I love the Japanese style and design of simplicity. You know, pulling everything back and making it very clean and simple. So I love that. Great answer. How about a personal habit? Is there one in particular that has helped you be successful over the years? Well, I don't know if it's habit as much of an attribute, but I definitely have a habit of looking at problems from many different angles and research researching them a lot and pushing through the the frustration. So I'll ask a lot of questions. I'll research a lot. And not give up and um, kind of push through it. And, and it helps me solve the puzzles in my projects. I think those those different elements. Uh, those are elements every entrepreneur needs for sure. And especially designers, that's for sure too, with the complexities <laughs> in, in automotive design. Oh my gosh. How about a resource? Is there one in particular you think our listeners would really enjoy that you've enjoyed? Yeah, well, I think here I'd be remiss not to mention the amazing craftsmen that have been helping me with my project. They also have their own, you know, businesses that they run and great for car enthusiasts to know about. Um, the, f- the first would be uh, Pete's Custom Coach Building, a shop uh, here in Ohio that they restore vintage vehicles. They specialize in vintage Porsches, Alphas, Rolls Royces, um, and uh, c- create new bodywork for those cars, new interior work, and, and really just do an amazing job. Nice. Uh, so that that's one. And then the builder of my chassis, Metcalf Racing, who races and restores vintage racing cars, um, that era that I'm so fond of. I think that, um, and he also does trackside support and all, all sorts of things. So that's, nice. he offers a lot of great services. And I think that your listeners may benefit from knowing those two businesses. Awesome. We'll make sure we list those on your show notes page. And I'd love for you to make an introduction to those two guys. I'd love to have them as guests here on yes, Cars, yeah. that would be awesome, yeah. It'd be fantastic. How about a book? I know there's a lot of great books out there, but is one book in particular you'd like to share with our listeners? Yeah, I really, I love the book Go Like Hell by A.J. Bame. A. Yeah, Bame, that yeah. book was a huge page turner for me, and, and I just loved the history in that book. That time um, at Le Mans in the 60s, you know, Ferrari versus Ford, that whole battle, and he really did a great job of just digging into the politics behind everything and the, the environment and the drivers. It was just really cool. You know, that's probably the most recommended book here on Cars, yeah. And I'll remind <laughs> our – well, that's okay because it is an awesome book. It sits on my library shelf. And I'll remind our listeners you can find links to all these great resources Carlos has shared at com slash Carlos Salaf. And Car- Carlos's last name is spelled S A L A. 
FF. There's an extra F in there just for design sense, I think. And uh, there's also another great place on the website called Guest Recommended Books where you can go there and see Carlos's recommendation and all the past guests with quick, easy links so you can buy these books and enjoy them. All right, we are up to the checkered flag. And Carlos, this last question can be a real doozy. If you could only have one collector car in your garage, uh, don't worry about the price because I'm going to buy it for you. I'll have it delivered wherever you want. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm that kind of guy. What would that one vehicle be and why? Wow, that, yeah, this is a toughie. Um, well, I kind of came down to a top three, and then I'll have to narrow it down, I guess. Okay, um, that's all right. Yeah, I, I think the 93 uh, Peugeot 905 uh, racing car, Ooh. that naturally aspirated V10, and that it just looks like a spaceship. Yep. You know, that that would probably that would be one. Um, then probably the McLaren F1 GTR. Just the brutality of that car, the center driving position. Yeah. Um, I, knew, then the, I knew there was going to be a McLaren in there. <laughs> of course. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, the Ferrari 330p4. It's oh. just that incredible combination of gorgeous and functionality, the sound. Those are, I would say, the top three, and they're really tough to narrow down. But I guess I'd have to think about something that could that I could drive pretty often and something I'd want to really look at really often. I think I think the Ferrari would have to be the one so ferrari p3 the one that ex- you can find the one that exists for me yeah okay <laughs> I, I know the guy don't worry okay <laughs> i've got connections all over the world Fantastic. So, yeah i'll make sure i'll put some phone calls in uh, for all you right. today wow what a choice yeah gorgeous gorgeous car oh my gosh yeah yeah uh, i love it i could sit and i just park it right here in my living room and just look at it yeah. every day of course i would drive on the weekends because i hate cars that just sit there's they're useless so Right, got to right. <laughs> get out and drive them. Carlos, you have taken me on a great ride today. I knew you would, and I want to thank you for sharing your journey with the Cars Yacht listeners and with me. Could you give us one parting piece of guidance before you drive off into the sunset in your Ferrari P3? Well, thanks, Mark. I've enjoyed it, too. What could I say? Well, I would say that not everyone has the circumstances to, to do what they love to do. But if possible, if if you do, then get started today. Do do something in that direction today, even if it's a small, small version of your a small scale of your ultimate vision. Yeah, absolutely, awesome advice. Get started today, because life is precious, time is short. So uh, yes. don't sit around and think about it. Make one little step forward, listeners. You can find links to everything Carlos has been so kind to share with us today at carsyad.com. Just put Carlos in the search bar. His show notes page will pop up with links to his website and to his blog. And tell our listeners a little bit again, what is your website? What is the blog? What's the best way to get a hold of you? Sure. Well, my blog, you know, where I share a lot of my my musings, my philosophy, as well as the project on, on the car I'm working on now, uh, it's carlosalaf.kinja.com. It's a Kinja blog. Okay. And my Instagram page where I try to keep that up to date with all the latest photos, um, my Instagram handle is at Carlos underscore Salaf. Awesome. Great. Well, I'll make sure those are listed with links on your show notes page. I know I've been following you. I'm going to continue to follow what you're doing. It's really exciting to see what you're up to. It's really cool, especially for a car guy like myself and our listeners to see what people who are living the dream are doing every day. And you definitely are living the dream. Carlos, thanks again for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and for sharing your journey and your listeners your journey, and your experiences with our listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you so much, Mark. 
You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.